Welcome to the Course Change Podcast. My name is Thor Chalgren, and every week I love sharing with you stories of people who have made a dramatic career change. We talk about the challenges they faced, the lessons they learned, and the success they found on their own unique journey. Over the course of my own life, I've worked in multiple industries, from startups to corporations. The common factor in my work experience, the ability to adapt to change. If you're looking for insights and inspiration to thrive during change, you'll be glad you listened. When I was growing up, I remember listening to radio segments hosted by a guy named Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey's main sort of shtick was that he would tell you the accomplishments of someone and you didn't know who it was. And so it was always fascinating because he would tell you essentially the behind the scenes details about someone. And then at the end, he would reveal who it was. And it was kind of a big surprise because you the whole time were wondering who this was. And his catchphrase at the end of each segment was he would say, and now you know the rest of the story. I always love that idea of telling behind the scenes of someone that you thought you knew well, and then you discover you didn't. I don't have the ability to do that with today's subject because you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Napoleon Hill. He is known as the author of Think and Grow Rich, which is probably the most well-known success book of all time. It sold over 15 million copies. It was first written in 1937 during the Depression, became a huge seller then, and has continued to be since then. I assumed that I knew who Napoleon Hill was based on having read his book many times. He talks about a success philosophy that he originated by working with Andrew Carnegie. And I always thought that in reading the book that he himself must have lived this philosophy. And he did, but he also didn't. And that's my topic for today. I want to share with you 10 things you may not know about Napoleon Hill and about how Think and Grow Rich came about. So the first thing is the origin of how he wrote Think and Grow Rich. This started back in 1908 when he was a young newspaper reporter and he went to see Andrew Carnegie, who at that time was probably one of the richest people alive. He was a steel magnate. And during the interview, Carnegie offered Napoleon Hill the opportunity to do research with some of the most influential people at the time, the most successful people, millionaires, people who had succeeded in amazing walks of life. And he said to Napoleon Hill, I will give you introductions to all of these people, and then you will author this philosophy of success. And it was something that Carnegie had used himself. And he said that essentially everyone who was successful in his era, knew of this philosophy and lived by it. And that's what made them successful. And he told Napoleon Hill, he said, this will take you 20 years. I'll give you the introduction to all of these people. You'll be able to meet the most successful people in the world. You'll interview them, find out how they did it. And then you will write this philosophy. So he said, I'll open all the doors for you, but I'm not going to pay you anything for it. So you're going to have to pay your own way and he said, it will likely take you 20 years to do this. Napoleon Hill recounts this story and says that when Carnegie put this offer to him, he thought about it for all of about 30 seconds. And he said, 
Yes. Which he says was a good thing because Carnegie was looking at him when he posed this to him and said, if you'd taken longer than 30 seconds, I would have known you weren't serious about it. So that was the first point that people may not know about Napoleon Hill was that this philosophy started 25 years before the book was written in 1908 with this meeting with Andrew Carnegie. The second point I want to share is that it did, in fact, take Napoleon Hill 20 plus years to finally publish the first version of the philosophy, which was a multi-volume set, which was called The Law of Success. You can still find this book today. It's huge. It's 612 pages. And he published this first in 1928, so about 20 years after his first meeting with Carnegie. And it was his first real success that he had had financially. He, up to this point, had many ventures. He was kind of, at that point in his career, very much a boom and bust sort of person. He would start a magazine and then it would go bust within a year. Or he would quarrel with the people involved and it just didn't work out. So he had many, many, many jobs where he went into something with the characteristic passion that we might associate with the person who wrote Think and Grow Rich. And then for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Well, finally, in 1928, he publishes The Law of Success, and it is a huge success financially and for his family. For the first time, he was really able to provide for his family, and this was in his mid-40s. And then, as you may know, the next year, the stock market crashed, which takes me to the third point, which is that Napoleon Hill, as I said, failed and was broke many times. He started multiple businesses and failed at them. He was twice divorced in part because his business kept him on the road so much. He was a prolific speaker. He would go and give talks. That was part of his business model as he'd go and give talks and then sell his programs based on those. He was a positive person. You can certainly see that from his book. But by all accounts, he was also not easy to get along with. He had a temper. He would argue with people. He also was a dreamer who had big dreams and visions, but not always the most practical until he got later in his life. And by the way, if you want to know more about Napoleon Hill, I definitely recommend you read his biography. It's called A Lifetime of Riches. It's written by Michael Ritt Jr. and Kirk Landers. Terrific book. And many of the details in the stories that I'm sharing with you today come from their book. The fourth point about Napoleon Hill is kind of a fascinating one. He made online courses popular before there was even an online. And I say that because he had a mail order course. He created those throughout his career. He had one in the 20s called Science of Success. And this was something where he had 10 printed lessons and then six phonograph records. That's right. Vinyl. He actually recorded himself giving a lecture. So you would get this course you would find it through one of his magazines or he would put ads in magazines. You'd send a check in to a mailbox and then you would get this course in the mail and it was printed materials and records and it was him teaching his philosophy. So that's why I kind of say he's like the first online course in the sense that he took his philosophy and shared it with people in an interactive way. Another thing that people may not know about Napoleon Hill, and this is number five, is that he worked for two presidential administrations. 
He worked for the Wilson administration in 1917. This was during World War I, and he helped create support material, which we might also call propaganda, but not in a negative way, but basically create material for business plants and factories to help support the war effort. So it was kind of those Rosie the Riveter type posters that we would see. So he did that during the Wilson administration. And then again, he worked for FDR during the Depression, helping create material to get the country out of the Depression. What was interesting was in both instances, he worked for essentially nearly free. You'll see in his book, Think and Grow Rich, he is an advocate for this idea of risk reversal, meaning you offer to work for someone for free in exchange for them paying you back later. And when he worked for FDR, he said, I'll work for a dollar a year. This made sense from a patriotic standpoint to help your country, but probably as a business person was a mistake because he still had to provide for himself, which meant that he had to go out and do lectures. He had to try and write articles, get some kind of money to provide for himself and to an extent his family, though. One of the things that you discover in the book is that He often was on the road, was not with his family, not with his kids for great extended times during his life. And so they often had to depend on his wife's family for means to keep the family going. So at the end of 1936, as Napoleon Hill's work was winding down with the FDR administration, he essentially found himself broke again. He had no book royalties from the Law of Success book, and his first wife, Florence, had divorced him in 1933. So this guy that we think of as this huge success was broke and divorced in the mid-1930s. The sixth thing that I thought was very interesting about Napoleon Hill was that Think and Grow Rich was not the original title for the book. Hill had started working on the book shortly after his second marriage to Rosalie Beeland in 1937. At this point, he was 54 years old. He had met Rosalie on the speaking circuit. She was significantly younger than him and was described as a very attractive woman. They began to work on taking his Law of Success course and condense it down to something more practical. So he was working day and night with Rosalie typing, making editing suggestions, and they got the manuscript in shape. And basically what they had done was condense down the Law of Success, which I said was this huge work, and make it much more practical. What they ended up with is a book where essentially there were 13 steps to riches and most chapters included a kind of concise help guide list with a five or six point action plan. So it was very practical, very useful. They showed the book to his publisher who at first rejected it, said essentially, how is this different from anything else that you had done before? But finally, he was persuaded to go with it. And there's a story that this publisher, Andrew Pelton, he wanted to call the book, Use Your Noodle to Win More Boodle. Yes, that was a potential title as publishing lore goes. Use Your Noodle to Win More Boodle. Now, I didn't know what boodle was when I read this, so I had to look it up. And apparently it's a Dutch derived word from the 17th century. That means money. Fortunately, they did not go with Use Your Noodle to Win More Boodle. Think and Grow Rich was the title. The seventh thing that I found fascinating was that after publishing this book, Napoleon Hill would soon be broke again. 
Now, Think and Grow Rich was a huge success when it was published in 1937. It cost $2.50 a copy and had a first print run of 5,000 copies. Three weeks after the release, the book was sold out. There were well over a million copies sold before the Depression lifted. And for a book that cost $2.50 then, that would be equivalent of $45 now. So that's an impressive accomplishment that over a million copies sold during the Depression at that point. So a year after publishing the book, this money was pouring in and Napoleon Hill and his new wife had more than they could have ever imagined. The money seemed to have changed them. In the biography, what we learn is that they started spending freely. They bought a mansion in Florida, fancy clothes for both of them. Napoleon Hill bought himself a Rolls Royce, which had been his dream. And despite all of this money coming in, by 1939, they were nearly insolvent again. And his wife, Rosalie, soon began divorce proceedings against him. She would go on to marry her divorce attorney, so you can draw your own conclusions about the motivations there. But one significant point is that in his prenuptial agreement, Hill had essentially given Rosalie the publishing rights to any books that he would write during their marriage, including Think and Grow Rich. So in the divorce, she got the publishing rights, which ultimately she later squandered away for a pittance. As the year 1941 opened, Napoleon Hill was now twice divorced, again a pauper at 56 years old. As he said, though, I walked out of that marriage with nothing but the shirt on my back and my battered old typewriter. The eighth point I want to share is that his story didn't end there. When I was reading this book, I remember thinking, no, this can't be. This is the guy who wrote Think and Grow Rich. How could his story end here? And fortunately, it didn't. Hill relocated back to the South in 1941. He had grown up in southwestern Virginia. He ended up working for a company that made war material for the World War II effort, while he was also at the time delivering his success lectures. And it was actually at this factory where he got to practically put his strategy into play and took a factory where it wasn't successful, it wasn't profitable, people didn't like working there. And with his success philosophy turned the whole plant around. It was also here where he met a woman who would eventually become his third wife, and her name was Annie Lou Norman. She was single at 47 years old, and it turns out she was exactly who Napoleon Hill needed. She was not someone in a rush. She was very serious and very thoughtful. They became good friends over a long period of time and eventually got married in 1943. At that time, Hill was 59 years old. He and Annie moved to Los Angeles, which was booming at the time and turned out ripe for his philosophy. And they did very well doing lectures on success. And his workload increased as he traveled. He did a radio show, kept up this just frenetic pace. He turned 65 in 1949. And as 1950 opened, he noted that he had finally completed 10 consecutive years without a personal catastrophe, whether it be a divorce, a business failure. Finally, for the first time in his life, there was contentment. The ninth point, Hill matured in the 1950s thanks to his association with W. Clement Stone. Stone had an insurance business in Chicago. 
He had bought a copy of Think and Grow Rich and found it so valuable that he made all of his salespeople read it. And that lifted his business up out of the depression. And so it was in 1951 that W. Clement Stone and Hill met and Stone proposed that they work together. It's funny because just before this, Hill and his wife had just drawn up a definite chief aim for their retirement, but that was not to be. Because beginning in 1952, Hill and Stone began to work together. Hill would train Stone's sales associates, and Stone's $30 million company would eventually, over the decade, grow to nearly $900 million. During this time, Hill wrote more books. He created study courses and participated in creating a film called A New Sound in Paris, where they took Hill's philosophy to this town in Missouri, Paris, as a test case. It was during this time that Hill's work inspired a whole group of famous motivational speakers and authors, including Dale Carnegie, who wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People, and Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote The Power of Positive Thinking. The last point in Hill's story is that that book, Think and Grow Rich, that he lost the rights to, he finally got them back. Through his work with Stone, Hill earned more income than he had ever earned in his life, and Stone was able to buy back the publishing rights to Napoleon Hill's earlier work, which he then signed over to Hill. And Hill's marriage to Annie Lou was the most successful of his life. He worked as hard as he ever had, but there was a real maturity to him during this period. The man who had authored the philosophy of Think and Grow Rich had finally become emblematic of it. In 1955, he celebrated his 75th birthday, still working, still speaking, still traveling. In 1962, he formed the Napoleon Hill Foundation, which would carry on his work And in 1970, at age 87, Hill finally passed on. What I love about this deeper understanding about who Napoleon Hill was is that I read the book and I got a sense of the struggles that he faced. I especially remember being surprised that many times his successes came when he was much older in life. I'm 59 myself, so the fact that he published Think and Grow Rich when he was in his 50s, that surprised me. I think many of us assume that you have to be young to be successful or that you have to have that energy and vitality that comes with youth. Napoleon Hill proved this wrong. He worked hard during his life, but it was the last part of his life in which he probably had the most maturity and the most impact on other people's lives. If you haven't read Think and Grow Rich yet, I commend it to your attention. There's definitely things about it that are a little bit anachronistic. I do like the revised edition because it does sort of change some of the grammar. And there are things that if you read the 1937 edition might seem a little out of place. But it's a terrific book, especially the first couple of chapters. If you read that and just put that into practice, I think it'll be hugely impactful in your life. As Paul Harvey might say in one of his broadcasts that I grew up with, Now, you know the rest of the story. All right. Thanks for listening to the Course Change Podcast. If you like this episode, I would be incredibly grateful to you if you'd jump over to the Apple Podcasts app and leave a five-star written review. This one simple act will help others find the show and build a community of people who support each other. You can always find me on Instagram at Thor Chalgren. Send me a DM and let me know what you thought. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, here's to your success.